Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is part two of my chat with Ryan Payne, a member of the band Scars of Protest. Now, I'll try and keep this intro a little bit shorter, mainly because uh, one of my friends slash fans um, mentioned that I, my intro is a bit too long and rambly. Um, if any of you guys agree with um, <laughs> with her, then be sure to let me know uh, on Twitter, Instagram, any of those sort of things, because I'm always looking for feedback and to make some of my listeners' experiences a bit more enjoyable. But anyway, I'm not going to spend ages doing that, because that will defeat the object of the, what I actually just said. So obviously I'd recommend listening to part one before checking this one out where we talk about tattoos, piercings and that sort of thing. Um, and in this part we talk about some of the difficulties of being in a band um, as well as sort of fluking our way through the passions, um, writing music. Um, we talk about plagiarism a little bit because one of the bands that Ryan was in before uh, Scars of Protest um, is called Guilty of Guilty as Charged. Um, they actually wrote a song just like a song by the band The Amity Affliction and he talks about that and he, he talks about it in a very open way and he didn't mean to write a song that sounded so much like it but it's, it's just really interesting to hear what it's like from someone in a band when they write a song so similar to someone else in another band. I'm slaughtering the description of it but yeah it's it's a really cool chat. Um, towards the end of the podcast we also talk about sort of music streaming and Spotify um, as well as modern music like Post Malone, Drake and that sort of thing. So yeah, I'm not going to talk too much about this. Um, at the end of the podcast, I'll give all the details of the sort of upcoming episodes and that sort of thing. And before the show starts is a promo from And The Losers Are, which I've done a promo for them in the past, but we're doing it again because they're just such a brilliant podcast. So be sure to check those out, you guys, and I'll be back at the end. And The Losers Are is a podcast about cinema. Yeah, they're called movies because, you know, this is America. <laughs> and because we invented them. In each episode, three friends discuss the Academy's Best Picture nominees, as well as five other important films from that year. Friends, huh? Yeah, it's more like uh, acquaintances that I really don't even like. I'm just here for the booze. Talking of poor life choices, each episode explores a different year, accompanied by adult libations and hearty banter. What he means is we get hammered, we'd say fuck a lot, we'd discuss movies and talk about our lives. Like the one time I shit myself on a roller coaster? Well, I guess the honeymoon's over. Where do we go from here? Visit andthelosersare.wordpress.com and listen on your favourite platform today. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. With music, it's a lot of the time I've heard that writing music is really good when it's, if something almost calls to you and you've got good stuff going. But if you're in a band sometimes, it can be really frustrating because either you've got this idea and someone else is clashing or you need to release just one last song to finish the EP and for some reason this last song just isn't clicking right and stuff. So like, mm. what's your thoughts on that sort of thing? Like, What's your favourite parts of it and songwriting and all that sort of jazz? My favourite part is probably... Uh, probably just like getting feedback from people. I absolutely love releasing something or doing a gig, and for someone to just come up and say, "Yeah, man, that's that's really good. I really like the sound of it," or they'll specifically say something. Look, uh, two years ago, we our second gig was with supporting Butcher Babies when they came down there. Oh yeah, I saw about that on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, because they're quite a big band. Yeah, they they came down there, and uh, some guy 
came up to me afterwards and said, yeah, you, you absolutely nailed it. You sound really good. And then I, I think he was drunk because he did say my guitar playing was like Zach Wilde and my singing was like Matt Heafy. And I thought, sound nothing like either of them, but <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, stuff like that, just hearing people say good things about it, uh, I love it. Mm. What's your least favourite part about it? The grinding for gigs and shit? Yeah, get, getting uh, getting trying to get gigs with just starting up is is horrible unless you've got a good backing or a good bunch of friends behind you like I, i'm fairly uh I'm, I'm a bit of a hermit unless it comes to gigs i'll come down i sort of i know people but i'm not close with anyone mm, yeah so it's sort of if i ask someone oh yeah check out my band like, yeah i might do <laughs> and then i'll just sort of have to wing it from there and then eventually we'll get onto a gig with bands that i sort of know and then it'll pick up from there. They'll give me a name. I'll go talk to them. They'll get us a gig somewhere else. Yeah. It's like, uh, the farthest we went was, well, we played, uh, Gilbert's Charge, we ended up playing Wales, and then we also did a tour, but well, I say tour, it was a weekender, played Southampton, then went to Derby and Stafford, mm. which was really fun. But it took so much work just to get to do that. How some of the bands are touring as much as they are, or... You see a band say, oh, yeah, we've got a gig with so-and-so, like a really decent band up in uh, fuck knows field. Yeah. And it's like, how? What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm literally just, just hauling ass right now. But it's, it's, it's such a hard industry to get into. Especially now with... Um, because of... It's one of the beauties and curses of the internet. That's what I find with, with podcasting to a degree where it's like... It's so much easier. It's easy now for me to... Obviously, podcasting is slightly different because it's almost because of the internet but like if i include radio and that it's like the easier it is for you to get into the easier it is for everyone else to get into and obviously mm. with music nowadays because of things like spotify which is great for the consumer but terrible for the musician yeah because <laughs> it's just like there's no money like motley crew you know back when their heyday when they were stuck they're flying around in like jets and shit they all had like they had so much money they didn't even know what to do with it and you get certain artists today who are like that but there's like um so the one percent of popular artists everyone bums and there's loads of money in it mainly pop artists and then most of the alternative bands like um i know you and i know this band uh the defiled oh yeah they're a really good band like we saw yeah. them, we saw them support motionless really good band they got some really cracking tunes but they weren't quite big enough and so they end up having to stop because they didn't have enough money to keep going and they were like they did a few headline tours around england and i think the uk around england the uk around the uk and america they did loads of support tours where they were like the main support for so many bands and they were making a name for themselves i think on facebook they've got quite a, they had quite a lot of likes quite a few views on youtube videos but mm. they were just at that cusp not quite big enough and because of that being in a band is just so it, it's such it's so tasking it's it's so draining financially as well as tiring i mean if you want to talk about that, like how people just don't get how much money it costs being in a band. Oh, yes, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, well, even if you're just starting off as a musician, you're just getting all the gear, getting some decent gear to actually gig with. Yeah. And like, like I said, obviously, the first two bands I was in, we were I was gigging with a 10-watt amp, and it sounded absolutely horrendous. <laughs> and uh, the guitar I had was uh, by a company called uh, Stag, which isn't... I don't think it's even around anymore. If right. it is, it it probably shouldn't be. <laughs> but I mean, uh, it's it's taken a lot to get where I am now, gear wise. It's and obviously, yeah, it wasn't cheap. 
and then even band stuff you gotta pay for practicing unless you're lucky enough to have your own space to do it yeah then a lot of people don't think about that like practice rooms like place of planet sound how much are they for like four hours like it's it's about 30 30 odd 40 odd quid depending if you're borrowing amps as well because obviously there's if you don't drive that's definitely a kick in the ass as well yeah but if you were to practice maybe twice a twice a month or four times a month, like I used to want to practice weekly just for the pure fact I wanted to get songs done, yeah. I wanted to get going. Yeah. But obviously forty quid, that's that's a hundred and sixty a month yeah. between four or five of you. Then if you wanted to get stuff recorded, that was that's more money. Oh, yeah, Music videos is a lot of money. Like I, I go to my mate Adam. Yeah. And uh he does all the Gilliers charge stuff is recorded by him because I he does decent uh, tunes and he does it for really cheap prices and I kept thinking he's he's honestly why I'd want to go to anyone else if yeah. I, you know, if we're making money I'll go to someone else yeah but um yeah stuff like that but he lives in he I think he now lives in Andover so he, you've got to pay for travel to get up there mm, yeah. and it, I mean they say you shouldn't cheap out on stuff like this but I mean if if I'm being honest if you can I would mm. just because it's so much money and obviously yeah if you do spend loads of money on making a song sound absolutely incredible yeah you then gotta put money into getting out there yeah it's, it's all well just sort of saying yeah we released this but that's only around your sort of small circle of people that i can see it mm. but if you want that to actually go somewhere you gotta pay for uh prs you gotta pay for uh promotion to get it out there or companies to pro- uh post it on their pages yeah like i'm 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 starting something on the side to get something else out, and I I'm trying to do all this, but looking at the price of it, I'm thinking I, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to eat dirt for a, a while. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I was talking because I know because obviously my brother's in three bands, and Callum and Reese. Obviously, I lived with both of them, and they when they were in Decipher, um, and uh, there's quite a few people in my life who are quite musical, and I do take a, a an interest in people being musicians and stuff. And it's like as you've been saying it's like well first off there's the equipment you know a decent guitar or often two decent guitars in case one fucks up as well as a decent amp and or a travel amp as well to take with you to gigs and stuff as well as then you've obviously got um, the practice rooms to to practice in you've got to have the recording to pay for pay for the recording a lot of people like to do um sort of really good music videos like you can do ones like when i made your music videos i think they came out quite well but compare them to say uh, decipher or placeholders videos they cost a few hundred quid each and they are they do look quite a lot better in a lot of ways aesthetically than the ones i made but it's whether or not you want to spend 300 quid on a music video or if you can deal with the diy one with a mate that maybe won't look as good but hopefully the music will speak for itself but you never really know because like to get that lucky break it can either be like, i think it's metallica i think they played one gig and they got signed because there was a talent scout wherever they played and it was like mm. a right place, right time sort of thing. Obviously, that was in the 80s, so it's a bit different dynamic now. But you could be, you could have terrible promotion, have terrible recording quality, but play one gig where the right person hears you and they hear what they need to hear and they invest in you properly. Or you could put all your money in promotion, all your money into music videos, have the best sounding shit, and then because of luck or bad luck, essentially, no one really hears you. And you invest so much money and time into it and you really have to... And the, the, one of the reasons I've become a lot more sympathetic towards it recently is with the, obviously the podcast, and I keep bringing it up, but like each of these mics, it's only podcasting you can do with your phone. 
but like each of these mics was about 80 quid the mic stands about 20 quid so that's already 200 quid just to have two mics pop mm. shields yeah fiver my laptop fortunately i'm all right with this i mean it's quite old but it works perfectly fine when this goes i'm gonna have to spend a few hundred quid on that and then there's also all these little things like hosting the uh if you want a website you have to host for that if you want the audio uploaded somewhere you have to pay for hosting on that which at the moment is 10 pound a month which isn't too bad but then i want to pay for more promotion for facebook and instagram and all these so it keeps adding up and stuff and it's like all this it keeps costing so much money all these little bits adding up and up and up and it's like this is a passion and a hobby of mine but i also have to work for a living and have a social life or have my own time to chill the fuck out and it's all these things there's not enough time for it all not enough money and it's just <laughs> so, yes yeah, I, I say I'm in this show like that at the moment I need, I need more money for band stuff but uh, I'm already working obviously so many hours and then if I work more hours I ain't got time to do the stuff I need money for and it's like I, I, I can't win no you can't especially our age and stuff and our generation and stuff it's even it's even more of a nuisance um, and stuff but um, with uh, I was gonna say with uh, with your band uh, Scars on Pro- Scars of Protest, um, that's the that's the band you're at the moment, is it? You're the guitarist. That's right, yeah. And do you do vocals for them as well? Uh, I do a bit of backing, but I mean, it's uh, the other guitarist, James. He does he wrote all the songs, so he knows the lyrics better than I do. I there's like no lyrics anywhere, so it's just all what I can remember, and yeah. then just think, yeah, I'll, I'll scream here. <laughs> yeah, live it's a lot of. Uh, it's a lot of that and i was gonna say with when you said obviously feedback's the thing uh that you enjoy do you if you could only choose to do one or two things i know it's technically physically impossible but if you could only either perform songs live or just write and um, release music online what would you choose um oh god that's a horrible question <laughs> i know it doesn't if you don't know the answer that's not the end of the world i just thought i'd get your two cents on it yeah that's uh, I, don't, I don't really know i mean the the feeling you get playing live is is insane yeah, as I, I, it, you can't. Uh, well, the first couple of gigs I did, I was very sort of stationary. I didn't. I just, you know, I was happy to be there playing <laughs> songs. I think, yes, yeah, this is all right. But now, but now, uh, especially with the influence of alcohol, which I, I, I didn't really believe in the whole drinking before going on stage. But now I sort of maybe have one, maybe two, and I think, okay, I feel a bit, just a little bit bus. wavy. Yeah. It's all good. I got on there and then suddenly because because you're just in such a rush everything's moving and it, it it hits your head at least a little bit quicker and you just think fuck all right let's do this <laughs> yeah and then, um but yeah it's just nothing like it even if they don't sort of like it they just sort of look at you and think oh he's he's he's, he's having fun isn't he? he's going for it at least yeah yeah but even like the but the other side of it the recording side if for someone to sort of turn around and say oh yeah you know I've, i'm listening to your song the past couple of days it's really good really like it even if it's, you know, if, either if it's a case of the song means something to them or it, it connects with them, or if, he, if they just turn around and say, yeah, you know, it just sounds like really good. There's yeah. either riffs or vocals or your style is really good. You know, I'll always take that and just say, yeah, thanks. It means a lot. It means the world. Yeah. Well, with um, with Scars of Protest, um, obviously it's been the band you are in now. Um, you, you told me... Uh, there's someone that you're recording with, or oh, um, is that right? It was a, is it hacktivist, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we're recording in uh, mid May with Timothy. He's a ex hacktivist now. I think he's starting a band called I want to say Sopia or Sopia. I don't know. <laughs> if he's listening, you sorry. You were sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he, was he also the one who was also in Heart of a Coward? 
yeah, one of the original members as well. Yeah. So it's um, I I'm beyond excited to go see him. I've, I think we we've all sort of had our own discussion, and uh, sorry if you are listening to this, but uh, we will all just be sort of sat there while he's mixing, doing his job, which is taking selfies. Go look who I'm with. <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen Hacktivist live as well. They were pretty damn good live. I, yeah. I really thought they were they were brilliant. I mean, I don't really know. Is Hacktivist still a band? Yeah, they've um. Uh, I don't know what they're doing about guitarists now, but they're, they've released a new song. I think they're working on a new album or something, maybe. Yeah. But, um, yeah, definitely going places, those guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they released their, their EP, and I was like, this is fucking amazing. It's like, and like anything else. And then they kept talking about releasing an album, and it took about three years to release it. Mm. And by then, a bit of the wind had kind of gone out of their sails a bit. And I think whatever reason it was for them being unable to release it is, is, is a shame. But it's like it took so long I'd even kind of forgotten about them and they released an album I was like oh yeah I, was like, I saw them live twice like a few years ago now I, I forgot they were even um, sort of a thing um, I was going to bring up a couple of other things with you if you're if you've got a bit more time to chat I don't know if you've got how much time you've actually got really I mean no, I don't want right. to yeah, 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 keep you for too late um, one of the things was um, this is one I no, I was going to just ask you why the fuck not um, if I gave you just like a million pounds like to be able to invest, uh, not not in in a, say quote unquote smart way, not like just invest some property and then be comfortable for the rest of your life. If you had to do it on a project, if you had to, if I just gave you like a million pounds, what would you sort of what would you do with it? Uh, well, first thing, major gear upgrade. Yeah, definitely, uh, and then get all that all that sussed out. I'd I'd get a couple of do- decent solid songs. I well, what I'd consider solid. I'd get them decently recorded, maybe. Not necessarily the best, but someone just half decent that can get me connections. I'd get out there, and then at least I'd probably just spend it all on promoting my music, try and get out there yeah. on a digital scale, and then word will spread. I'll have I'll have fucking the best musicians in the world coming <laughs> to join me, and be like, oh yeah, yeah let's do this. Yeah, get, create like a super group almost. Yeah. Would you like want to create your own studio and stuff? Like I hear like a lot of musicians, that's almost like the dream to have your own recording studio. I can't record for crap. <laughs> I mean, I've uh, I I used to back. Well, I used to try and do something, but it was all uh, condenser mic, Audacity. Just yeah. put the app next to it, and then I'd I'd let it. I think there's still some tracks on YouTube. Oh really? Yeah, and it was on uh back when I mean, it was fourteen year old me thinking, yeah, you know what, I'm gonna release the next best thing in hardcore metal. <laughs> And uh, ended up getting it recorded. I had my friend uh, Sam Wally, who I think he does loads of grime traps stuff now. But he used to be in deathcore, and he was what I don't know. To me and my mate Callum, he was one of the best death metal vocalists we'd ever heard locally. And it's sort of like, wow, I have to get him on a song. <laughs> and then he ended up being on it more than I was. <laughs> and then. But it was so badly recorded. The the vocals are really badly distorted. The drums were done on a... I found this little sample thing on website where you had to input the drums by block. And uh, then I ended up just sort of recording it all. I don't know, playing it through once, recording it all, and then stopping it. I think, that'll do. The most tinniest sounding drums you'll ever hear. There's no <laughs> bass in it, just one guitar. Putting that over it. And then vocals were just a case of... It's just one take... 
and then just me screaming blue murder down the condenser mic. But I always used to think, ah, you know, cupping the mic's the best thing ever. So it's horribly recorded. And that's why I don't run a studio. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good reason to not do it. It's, um, it's like with me, I'm, when I'm trying to do podcasting and stuff, it's like, it's like when I was doing music videos and stuff. People would ask me questions about the camera. So I don't fucking know. I just got the camera. I just aim it at things yeah. and press the button. So I've... I've always thought of myself as um, I'm not really a technical guy, especially when it comes to audio. Like if people ask me about the mics, I know what the mics are because I had to buy them, but that's the only reason. I don't know the specs. I don't know. Like there's, I've been in a few podcast groups um, where there's quite a few people in there. Really, I'm surprised how many people there are in these groups. But they ask questions about what the best mics to get because of the these sorts of uh, descriptions of them, like what they're input is in kilohertz or anything like that like i don't even know what to say as an example because i'm so inept when it comes to this sort of thing and it's like i don't know i I just i'm an ideas guy i have an idea i kind of try and do it like i did with the music videos like i do with the podcast and i wing it and i kind of like with the podcast like i don't know any of the complicated stuff at all i just know how to mildly edit some of the audio to make it sound a bit less crap and that's yeah. it. Like, apart from that, I, I've tried before. Like um, my dad, before he passed away, he played like this charity gig about two months before, um, and he, he we recorded it, and the recording quality was terrible, and um, it was quite bad. And I put it on. We didn't know anyone who could do like, proper studio work on it or anything for cheap because we were releasing it as a charity thing, and um, so I just messed around with it. I went on Audacity and I took off some of the background noise, increased this, increased that, and it was all right, but. I tried messing around with some of the options on like the equalizer and some of the levels and there's about a billion options and you look at them all and you're just like you try and wing it and you have to spend hours and hours and hours fucking around with things. Yeah, it's like um the the new I've got a new pedal board which is it works as a amp. I could literally just take it to the gig and plug that in and that is my amp mm-hmm. now. And um I I I at first I thought it was just a case of you know, you select the sound and that's it, you're sorted. But there's so much more to it than that. And I thought, oh, I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> and then um, it took a while getting used to it. But I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the best guitarist out there. But I'm not the worst. I like to think I'm semi okay. But I, think you're I still a good guitarist. You're, I think what I've seen, you're a damn good guitarist. There's still so much like the technical side of it, the actual guitar itself. I need to learn. Yeah. Like, uh, if whenever I'm looking for a new guitar online or something, and I'll see all these descriptions about it, I'm thinking, does it play metal? I <laughs> see <laughs> it. Just does it play metal? Yes, then I'll buy this one. Well, sometimes Callum talks about it sometimes with guitars and stuff. And I know I, I used to play keyboard, um, up to grade two or something. I was quite a novice or whatever. So I can read music, but I had a keyboard for two, for two, probably more than two years, probably three or four years. I don't really understand time signatures that well. I have like a vague idea of it. I don't understand, like I know what the chords are and I know what they kind of uh, consist of and stuff to a degree, but it's like even that bass level simplicity of music compared to, that's like, that's not even knowing about music. That's basically just the blanket foundation of vague understanding. And then you go from there and then, you know, as you say with the guitar and stuff, like all these different guitars have come out and they've all got different sounds and you can do all sorts of different things with them all. And it's like, I've got no fucking clue, mate. I can't mm. play guitar um, at all. So I just look at these things and I'm just like, I don't know. And I talk to people about this sort of thing and it's like, mm. I don't know. I make, 
I make music videos. I don't know anything about uh, video cameras. I make. A, I have a podcast. I don't know anything about audio. It's like I've made music videos. I should know something. Yeah, I, I should have an idea. And I'm so into music and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think uh, that's a. <laughs> just let me think about you with a fucking studio, and I could just imagine you sat in this big ass room with just a billion dials and knobs all around you and you're just looking around and it's just like you've spent all your million pounds and you just look at it and you just go, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Staring at it like, I don't know what any of this stuff does. It's like even like uh, effects and stuff. It's, uh, I'm probably the worst person to record with as well because uh, I'll record something. I know what it sounds like in my head that I want it to be. I know what effect I want put on it, but I don't know what it's called. So I'll... I'll um. I think uh, when we did the the new the latest version of my reflection, and uh, the first part of the first verse, and it's got a nice effect on it. I knew I wanted that effect on it, but I don't know what that's called. And so I was just sort of saying, "Ah, oh, it's got that. Uh, you know, it, it sounds like you're playing it for a crap radio. Can you, you know, can you put that on there? You know what I'm all about? It's, it just makes. And I was just giving it the worst description ever." <laughs> But uh, yeah, shit like that, I'm, I'm awful with. And trying to get effects like that on my pedal wood at the moment, I'm looking at it thinking, just do it. Just, <laughs> I, I I want to be able to just scream at it and it will do it. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll be I'll be happy. And so I want to keep all this the same, but with this. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I think that um, I'll probably end up uh, wrapping up coming up uh, soon. Um, but I was going to say I've got a couple, couple more little things I want to ask you. Um, one of them was sort of um, with the music. What kind of when you want to write? What kind of drives you to to write in a sense? Do, do you write a lot of like an example is my brother Rob? He writes all kinds of genres of music. He, he's in he's in primarily rock bands, but he says he's written songs before, which he says that even Miley Cyrus could sing because he just has all these songs in his head that he just kind of puts out. Are, are you kind of like that? Do you have loads of different genres, or are you more sort of focused in the writing of metal or what's the sort of creative process for you like? Well, with, um, with, uh, when I was in Gilead's Charge, obviously it was all, it, I, I didn't want it to have a specific genre, which is why I just kept saying, uh, you know, these are, these are songs based from bands that I like. I'm putting it all together and just hoping for the best. But the yeah. fact that the recording was done so well, it, it generally sounded all right all together. And then, we released Dead World, which was heavier, but because uh, I've, I do like the deathcore side, but I had to do it in a way it couldn't be deathcore. It had to be more sort of just ex- stupidly heavy metalcore. Yeah. And then after that all ended, um, I sort of write a bit of both. I love writing the metalcore side, but I love writing something that's just stupidly heavy. Mm. And then I, I kept saying, I want, I, I just, I just want to combine them both. But there's yeah. no way of doing it. Uh, obviously, yeah, I used to do the acoustic stuff. I, I, I don't do that anymore. Why is it's, that? It's, it's to put it frank, I'm, I'm, I'm crap at the technicality of acoustic guitars. It's like the the stuff that was on the my acoustic EP that I did years ago, which I have not listened to in ages. <laughs> <laughs> but just listening back, uh, well, yeah, from what I can remember, and just playing through it every now and then, it's like. It's just so basic. I can understand why. Well, I, I don't know how acoustic artists get as big as they are, but mm. now it's all. Um, oh, I can't remember the word. It's all repetitive stuff. They'll mm. uh, sa- samples, I think. Yeah. 
but they'll play something and then it'll repeat. No, Looper. That's it. They just oh, loop it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I know. What you so mean. they actually make songs like that. I, I haven't got the. I'm not smart enough to do stuff like that. I'll, <laughs> I'll play something and think that's fine on its own. What else do you need? And then you know, I'll try and put maybe a lead over it and then think it's crap. <laughs> and then yeah, obviously they do the drumming with hitting the actual uh, body of the guitar and yeah. then. I can't think of anything that smart. It's just too hard. And then even singing. Uh, I don't see how people write singing. I really don't because uh, most of my stuff sounds the same. I'll start <laughs> off in the same note. I'll do the same sort of little progression. And then I think, okay, that's uh, that's all good. Next song. And then I think, oh, that sounds really good. But why does it sound familiar? Oh, yeah, last song. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're honest about it. But um, I think that the one time I wrote something, I thought, oh, you know what, this is really good. And I thought, it sounds a bit familiar, but I'm sure it'll be all right. And that was my reflection. And anyone who's heard the song and has also listened to Ami Affliction will know why it was a really bad idea to make oh, it a single. I think, was that the one where people on YouTube were writing on the, the thing saying, this sounds like Ami Affliction? Was that the... Yeah. And uh, yeah, people kept saying it was a ripoff of um, Open Letter, and I thought it's just the chord progression is the same, and I I can okay, that's kind of my bad, but um, I'm not being funny. How many chords are there out there? There's mm. only so much you can do. I, I'm not an ex, I'm not an amazing writer when it comes to melodic stuff. I'm more on just riffs, mm. and then the singing wise is it's just really shit luck. <laughs> uh, I mean. I I never sort of wrote the song and thought to myself, you know what, that song sounds okay. I'm gonna take that. Mm. But uh, after after it was released, uh, obviously I got told by some. I mean, even Toby from Our Hollow, he messaged me and said, yeah, I'm not, I'm not slating the song or anything, but obviously, yeah, it does sound a bit bad. Like in that sense, it's a good song. It's you know, it's really well put together, but the chorus is too similar. I'd probably recommend doing something about it. Mm. But at this point, we'd already recorded it. We'd already paid so much for a music video for it. And then um, I just thought, you can't fight them. Join them. <laughs> so I think we did it. We did a gig. And I thought, yeah, this is a Zami Affliction. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It's like, uh, I know there's a guy we know, uh, Dan Fry. And um, I think one of his music things, um, Reese was telling me about, he made a song and then he uh, basically showed the class. And a lot of the members of the class were like, this is Saint Anger, like by Metallica, and he was like, and everyone started singing Saint Daniel at him instead because it was just he'd because he knew the song and he liked Metallica and he hadn't kind of put two and two together. And like even my brother has said, um, he's written a song before and gone. This sounds really good. It sounds a bit familiar though. And then they finish writing it essentially, or they part write it, and then he he driving home or the next day or something like that, and he thinks, oh fuck, that's just this song. Yeah, just like because there's so much music out there as well now, especially. So it's just like it. it, it I, it doesn't surprise me how easy it is to write music which sounds like other stuff. And that's what baffles me about, like, obviously I can't do music because I'm not musically talented, but even the thought of trying to write music, I'm just like, so overwhelming, <laughs> like, what you could do and how much stuff I've heard. I'm just like, would anything I make even be original? I don't know. But I mean, after we released it, so playing it live and stuff, uh, obviously after all the comments, like, I think, okay, I'll change the way I sing it to make it sound not as bad. And a couple of people turned around and said, it sounds it sounds really good the way you're doing it. You should have recorded it like that. And I thought, <laughs> well, thanks, you know, if I had a time machine, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. I would. I'd have myself, yeah. But uh, it's, I, I kept saying to people, it is the song that's sort of made and 
broke us because we had so many people singing along to that song. I'm trying to sing it this new way and everyone's singing it the old way. And I thought, <laughs> you ain't, this isn't helping. I want you to sing along, but not to this. <laughs> That's but, amazing. Uh, That's so good. Um, I was going to say, the last thing I want to ask you about is just um, what sort of music at the moment that you're listening to? Like what sort of, uh, what have you gotten into recently? It's, oh God, it's, it's, it's everything really. My, my, my I mean, uh, Mike from obviously my first band, Infamous, or mm. no, set, third band. He um he got me into Tech Nine, and really? I've 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 really been. I'm so happy you say Tech Nine. Well, I I started listening to him. He turned around and said, "Oh yeah, he did a song with a uh, Surge from yeah System. Uh, System of Down." So I checked that, out and I thought, "Oh, it's such a really good song." But I listened to more of his stuff, and I thought, hey, "It's really decent." But I didn't realize the the metal side of stuff he did. Like, oh, yeah. There's a song, Love to Dislike Me. Oh, I love that song. And uh, as soon as, like, the first time I heard it, it started off as like, oh, this is right. And it kicked it, and it started kicking in. I thought, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, fucking yes. He's my favourite rapper. By far, I absolutely fucking love Tech 9 Yeah, he's he's brilliant. It's just some of the stuff he's done. and then, He's got a song with Corey Taylor. Have you heard that? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think the last album he did, mm. not the not Planets, the one before that, he did a song with Jonathan Davies. Yep, yep. Which I, I'd been listening to him for about a year. The album had been out for ages. Mm. And I kept sort of looking through it, thinking, there's nothing on here I, I really want. That. It really shines out. Yeah. And then it sort of, oh, I got Spotify, and then it said with Jonathan Davies. And I thought, how have I missed this? And I listened <laughs> to it, and I thought, my man, this yeah, is sick. He's got he's got an older song with uh, with the Deftones as well. He's got a song with one of the members of the, of the Doors. Um, he's he really likes mi- mixing genres together. That's one of the his key things. Yeah, um, he's he's yeah, it's brilliant the way he does it. Some some of the stuff I keep on. It's like because obviously Mike's now doing his rap stuff. I keep on saying to him, I I want to collab with you in a way. Because he got me into Tech Nine, I know he likes Tech Nine, and I keep thinking just something like this would be amazing, even if it's like completely all hip hop. But I say more of a mature version of "It's Just Me." I don't want to yeah. just be standing there just screaming into the mic and get jiggy with it because yeah. it's, you know it's just it's just not cool anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I got I got so many mates that make samples and stuff. I said I can literally just get you your own stuff, and I can put some guitar over it, make it sound fucking solid. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, stuff like that I'd love to do. And uh, who else am I listening to now? Uh, like Post Malone. Yeah. Um, um, uh, I'll say, I know you, you posted on, uh, I think it was a couple of hours ago, actually, saying yeah. you were sort of a bit annoyed that you're actually getting into it. And I thought, I'm the, I, I was the exact same. Yeah. I saw a listen, I thought, oh, I don't want to like him, yeah. but this is sick. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just the genre I hate. I don't... I love I love rap music. Um, like I, obviously I know it's the main thing, but everyone likes Eminem, so I like Eminem. I like a guy called Hopsin. I think he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's on a couple of Tech Nine tracks. He's really good. His ill mind stuff is some of the best rapping I've ever heard. So clever, um, and he's really emotional. And he's got a lot of like more heavier stuff as well. Uh, and Tech Nine's amazing. And there's Chris Calico, who's one of Tech Nine's. Yeah, 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 he's got a couple of albums that are sick. He has, a, he has an album called. Um, uh, I shouldn't have said the album called because I've completely forgotten what's called. Oh, Kicking and Screaming. Um, that's a really good album and that's got a couple of tracks that are really are quite heavy as well. So, and there's quite a few other bands. Like Scroobius Pip, I love him. He's, um, have you listened to Scroobius Pip ever? Yeah. Uh, I, it, it came up on my, but I must have shared one of his videos a while ago because it came up on my memories and I thought, I completely forgot about this song. <laughs> Was that, uh, he's got, um, He's he's into punk music and rock music and that sort of stuff. So you yeah. kind of hear the twist of it in his music a bit. And like, I really like rap music and I like 
unique rap music and a lot of the mainstream pop rap music now is things like young thug and ray strummer and shit like that and it's just or new drake i cannot mm. stand new drake at all see i've I been mean, uh, i mean I, i've been listening to the song forever oh yeah that's a good song though, yeah kanye Lil wayne and uh, eminem yeah because i I've, i mean i really like that i've it's probably old school the only old school drake i've actually listened to but it's i mean I kept sort of slating Drake most of the time, but listen to it. I think it's actually pretty sick verse. It's a decent song. I yeah, really that like song. it. Same with Lil Wayne. But that- because of all the stuff he's done, I mean, since, since Hotline Bling, it's sort of like it's. Everyone sort of posted all the jokes about his fucking dad dancing, and it's like, <laughs> oh, God, what are you doing? Yeah. And then he started make, releasing more. So I thought, it's just. It's crap. Yeah, I don't see why he's as big as it. But he's like he's number one artist on Spotify at the moment. It has been for the past couple of months. It's like how? Yeah, it's 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 just. Well, there's it's so lazy. many better artists out there. Well, that's what annoys me. Is I think Post Malone is the best of that genre of the overly auto-tuned trap hoppy sort of thing. And I think Post Malone is fantastic. I don't. Not to slate Post Malone, but I don't quite understand why so many people are so hugely into him. I mean, maybe as I'm getting into him now, I kind of realise Beer Bongs and Bentleys is a great album. Um, I'm not too into Stony, but I'm going to have to give that a listen. But it's even like, with we are saying with Drake is, Drake's newest stuff, whenever I hear it on the radio, it's so bad for me because I think rap should be, it should sound good, it should have a cool flow, a good beat, that sort of thing. And I find Tech Nine's got all those things and more. And when, when you listen to Drake, it's, the lyrics are shit, he can't sing. His rapping is really slow. It's like not even mm. rapping. It's just talking. There's auto-tune over it vaguely. And then the beat is really minimalist. And it's like... My idea with music and pretty much all art is... It either has to be unique or good sort of thing. In a way that like... Either no one else has done it in a good way... Or that it's brilliant and other people couldn't necessarily do it, you know? Like, with art, if you draw something really weird and abstract that looks cool, that's fine. But when you get people who draw, like, you know, there's one shade of, just, like, 12 shades of red. And it's just painted oh, yeah. up and down. It's just like, fuck you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, fuck off. Like, there's so many talented draw artists and painters and this sort of thing that can draw and create so much cool shit. And then someone actually gets recognition from literally getting, like, eight different paint shades. And just painting on one canvas, like, up and down strokes. It's like... Anyone can do that, so it's shit. It doesn't. There's no uniqueness to it because it's so it's so bland almost. Of course, no one's done that before because it's so unbelievably crap. And that's what I feel about Drake, where it's just I could basically do that. If you got a producer, I could actually release the music Drake releases, and that yeah. for me annoys me because like, why would you ever want to listen to that? Because it's so shit, and it triggers me. And it's just like, and that's what bothers me a little bit about some of the music when you get. Really, really deep and heavy. Like I know you like a, a bit more heavy music than I do, but you get a certain music. Black metal for me is more so. It, um, even though I'm not necessarily all black metals like this, but you get some of the bands where every drum beat is just, and then the guitar is, and then the guy is just literally, mm. and that's the whole song, every song, and that's what old Cannibal Corpse was like. Like new Cannibal Corpse actually isn't bad, but the old stuff like Hammer Smash Face and things like that, the quality of it was horrendous. But some it's, of it. It's, um... It's like most, uh, it's like the, the new side of deathcore at the moment, and uh, slam. Hmm. It's all the same. I think most people listen to it for essentially the wow factor of how heavy it is. Hmm. Not that because I mean, uh, I saw a band called uh, Within Destruction live. Absolutely incredible. The, the vocalist is is something else. I didn't expect him to pull off what he did. Yeah, but I mean, 
the album is just essentially just the blast beat side of it is just extremely fast the riffs are just crazy and then just out of nowhere either break down or it's a beat down it's heavy as shit and then i'll just do that for every single song on the album mm-hmm. and they just released a new album and i thought i'll give this a go but i know what it's going to sound like <laughs> and then i thought that's exactly what i thought it was going to be yeah yeah it's funny that we mentioned uh kill we mentioned kill switch engage earlier and um, i'll start to wrap this up shortly um but like with kill switch engage I, I i love kill switch engage i think they're fantastic but i describe it um I describe something as kill switch engage syndrome. Okay. Now what I describe that as is when you get an album where if you like it, it's amazing because every song sounds the same. Mm. But if you don't like it, it's crap because every song sounds the same. Now kill switch. I think if you get really into them, you can tell the difference between their, the songs in their albums, but you listen to like, um, what's the one with, um, they've got, what's the oh, I'm picture of the cover. It's the skull, a daylight dies. Oh yeah. Now, that album's got some fucking amazing tunes on it. But if you take out the three singles, the rest of the songs sound really similar to each other. And a lot of the time, if you played like a any like a few verses from them and not the chorus to even people like me who really like the album, I couldn't tell you what songs are which. I can tell you what songs I like because I know the names of the songs, mm. but they all sound so similar. And that's great if you like it, because if you love Kill Switch Engage, you get a whole album that's really consistent. But you get it where... Whereas a Slipknot's quite the opposite... Even though Slipknot, their first album, sounds similar-ish, if we use their third album as an example, every song sounds like it could be on a different album almost. Yeah. And it, it depends on the band, but I find when you get the heavier stuff, the problem is, especially when you get really heavy, like Deathcore, like Chelsea Grin and that sort of thing, I, I think Chelsea Grin have some got... Like, they've got a song on my Oblivion album called Calling in Silence, and that's oh, yeah. one of my favourite... Uh, metalcore that's one of my favorite songs ever i think that's one of the coolest heavy songs i've ever heard but that whole album is good but there's like three tracks that stand out and then the other nine just all sound like worse versions of that track and that's what i find is the issue a lot of the time with a lot of new music of spotify and that sort of thing because where they don't make music off albums anymore they release an album to have a release and then they have three or four singles they play live and the rest of the tracks don't really matter because you know what I mean you listen to it on Spotify they don't make that much money from it you, people buy an album when it first comes out because they've heard the singles and it doesn't matter about the quality of the album and then if they've got five decent tracks out of twelve you see them live and they play those tracks do you know what I mean yeah it's quite a it's quite a thing of music that kind of uh, kind of gets to me a little bit but I can't complain because I pay ten quid a month for Spotify and I have I get bored of a band every week because I can just get into something new yeah I, I, I... I don't know. I, I bought Spotify the uh, end of last year. Yeah. Because I, I was buying albums every year because I kept saying to myself, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support music. I was the same. I'm going to have to buy albums of bands I listen to and that is strictly all I can listen to. Yeah. And then my and then I think Spotify did something like you got 99p for three months. Yeah. And I thought, oh, fuck it, I'll do it. And then I ended up getting it and I thought, how have I lived my life like a Neanderthal <laughs> all this time? And I just thought I had everything. And I thought, it's just it's just everywhere. It's just music everywhere. It's the problem, isn't it? Because like, I really do want to support bands. But a band mm. release an album and it costs between eight quid on iTunes to download. Or you want the physical album, it's 10, so it's 15 quid, right? And it's like, if you get into a band, you get into their back catalogue. If you get in a band that's been going for a few years, they've sometimes got four albums. But their first two albums are often shit. Or some, or what? Yeah. At least one or two. I find that bands normally have a phase in their life where, where it becomes shit. Either they're amazing from the start and then they become shit, or their early stuff is terrible and they get their sound a bit more. And I just like 
Sometimes you want to listen to their old stuff, but you don't want to spend 10 quid on it. Because Slipknot, if you get into them now, if you buy their albums, that'll cost you at least 50 quid. Yeah. But you go on Spotify, I can download all of them in the time it would take you to name every song on their first album. I can download them all like that. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's so hard because I'm in the same boat as you. I really want to support local band or local bands I do try and buy stuff from and things or merch and whatever. But like smaller bands, I really want to buy their stuff. But I don't have enough money because you know. Yeah, I, I I used to. I mean, I was always buying it. It's like when our Hollows album came out, I ended up buying the album. But I generally think the the quality of albums now, like at physical CDs, are is is shocking. Hmm. Like, um, uh, Hacktivist's album. Yeah, it's it's such a good album. But the CD, if you compare the quality to what it is on Spotify, is really different. Really, like oh. the um the because every time I listen to it I kept thinking this is, uh, I, I love it but I can't listen to it with anything else because it's quieter than everything else mm. and the bass on it is insane like if you were to plug it through uh, some speakers and it turned up really loud you would not be able to hear anything mm. it was just noise and then listen to it through listen for, to it on Spotify and think it's the best sounding album I've ever listened to There's just, everything sounds thick as anything it's, yeah. it's amazing and uh, even our Hollows album, I bought the CD, and all the tracks are supposed to be connected together, but every single song on the CD has got like two seconds between every song, so it'll be music, pause, nothing, and then it'll just like continue with the next song. And so like, well, where's the where's the join? What, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. But on Spotify and Apple Music, it's all connected perfectly. And you think, well, I don't understand why it should be that bad. <laughs> Surely you want people to buy your physical shit to give to get help you get more money, but. Yeah. You've made it so that listening to it this way is so much easier and so much better. Mm. But well, it's almost like driving a car. Like I've I've got a CD player in my car and I've got a few CDs and stuff. You go over a little bump or a pothole, it'll it can potentially fuck your entire disc up and yeah. laser burn it for and that's gone. Then you're like, oh great, now I've fucked up my CD player and my CD and it burns the track I really like. Whereas you have your phone, you could fucking flip the car upside down. <laughs> as long as your phone still doesn't get damaged, you're fine, aren't you? So. Mm. And I do agree with streaming music and stuff. It's I really want to support bands, but sometimes you, I, I will say that sometimes you get into bands where, do you ever get it where you get into a band and you hear a single or two and you go, I'm not sure about this, these guys. You're not sure. You download them on Spotify and their singles are shit, but the rest of the tracks are fucking amazing. Yeah. And I would never have bought that album because I can't warrant spending 10 quid on a gamble. But you do it on Spotify and there's so many bands I've gotten into, which I love like half their tracks, but their singles are shit for me. I mean, I don't think... I think without Spotify, I wouldn't have gotten to Post Malone or Tech 9 as much as I have. Yeah. Like, uh, I listened to Post Malone from other... My mates, they used to just put on their singles and stuff, and then I actually downloaded their album, mm. uh, uh, Stony, and then a couple of uh, Tech 9 songs. And I thought... I gave it a proper listen. I thought, this is actually really good. There's so many songs on it. I wouldn't have even known it existed if it wasn't for this. Yeah. Because yeah. I wouldn't have just gone out and bought it. But... Uh, I don't know. It's it's just it's so much easier now. It's so it, much better. It's so it's so painfully better and easier. And it's so yeah. it's literally like someone. If we're talking now, and I just go, oh, by there's a band. Like when people recommend me bands now, it used to be I write a note on my phone, I then go home, I either buy it on iTunes or maybe sometimes I'd maybe go online and download it illegally. Mm. If any of the laws asking me, I'd never do that because I'm not a bad person. <laughs> you you know you go on Pirate Bay and you just think. There's a band, I'm not too sure about them, and I can't warrant spending 15 quid on that album. I'm going to download it, 
which obviously is wrong morally. But I've done that and then got so into the band because of that. I've then bought their merch. So that's how I yeah. kind of grant myself for it. But you tell me a band, I have to look at it on my phone, I have to come back, I have to go on my laptop. Even if I buy it on iTunes, I still have to come on here, buy it, sync it to my iPhone, blah, 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 blah. Or even if you've got it on your phone, you buy it on iTunes on your phone, you still have to faff about with that. Spotify is, you say to me, a band, and I go, okay. And then while we're still talking, I don't even have to stop the conversation where I can type in the band. It brings up most of the time every album and every single they got you go click click download when i'm on wi-fi then when you next walk in your house it just auto downloads and you've got it yeah and it's so fucking easy and it's actually upsetting because i so want to pay for bands music but it's so fucking difficult and there's so many bands i get into that i just can't because they've got such mismatch of songs where there's like three songs from one album i like and then four songs from another mm. uh, yeah it's uh Man. Yeah, that's the issue. Well, at the moment, I've got loads of CDs in my house, and I just sort of look at them every now and then and think, oh, God, I could sell you. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're doing here now. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I, I'm going through a thing now where, because uh, obviously I bought so many, if I got the full back catalogue so far, or obviously if they've broken up, if I got up to that point, I'll keep them. Yeah. And then I'll just keep building that up and then just keep that. But I mean, I've got so many bands where it's just albums started. Like Five Finger Death Punch, I love them. But I've only got their second album and their latest album on physical CD. I thought I don't, I'm not going to spend money to get all the albums in between. Mm. Well, I can just download it all now. Exactly, and also the bands don't even get that much money either because the record labels take such a chunk. Yeah. But I was in the same boat as you because I had, I had had every Devil Driver album and every Slipknot album, uh, and there was a couple other bands that I was really into. That I think Stone Sour and I had all their albums, and then. They just they start they release an album and like Devil Driver they released an album called Beast and I wasn't that into it so I, obviously and they released a covers album recently for some reason and it's just like I want to have the back catalogue but then if you really think about it there's not actually any point because CDs maybe I'll be wrong but I highly doubt there's ever going to be a time when me having every Slipknot CD is ever going to be worth anything mm. maybe maybe it will. But it's quite unlikely, and there's quite a lot of space. One or two CDs isn't that bad, but I've got at least 50, at least. Uh, I think I've probably got almost 100, and it's just a box in my in my room collecting dust. And I've got a couple of CDs in my car, just in case my aux cable fucks up. But I find myself, if my aux cable to my uh, phone fucks up, I just play music off my phone, off the speaker. Yeah. I don't even think about the CD, because it's like, I don't want to hear the whole Architects album. I want to hear two Architects songs, then five songs by another metalcore band, and then da-da-da-da-da, you know? But yeah, so I mean, I'll, I'll make a playlist every day now, just something different to listen to, and it's so easier now. And then if I don't want to listen to that, I can undownload it, send it back into the wild, and I'll download something else. And then I could do the same thing the next day. I could just, you know, download, undownload the same album five times in a week. Yeah. And it, it wouldn't matter. It's not going to damage me in any sort of way. No, exactly. But it's, oh, it's, yeah, like you said, it's horrible at the moment. It it's, is. It's upsetting, and it's bad you being in a band, and that's what's happening to you as well. So. Yeah, exactly. You it's, sh- um, shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know anymore. <laughs> well, fair enough, man. Well, we're coming up uh, towards the end now, so I think we'll. Uh, it's probably a good time to sort of wrap it up. It's getting a bit late as well. Um, but if you want to, um, I don't know if you want to say any of your obviously your band is Scars of Protest, and I'll put a link to that uh, below. Um, do you have any? If you don't, don't, oh crap! If you don't, don't worry about it. But do you have any um, Instagram or social media or anything like that? If anyone fancies following you or any of your musical endeavors, um, it's well, yeah, like like Mike said, just check out Scars of Protest on Facebook. Uh, we are on Instagram and YouTube as well. Just your album's on Spotify as well, isn't it? The uh, is it Celestial? 
Yeah, Celestial. We've got our first one as well, uh, the Purify EP and our Pile Driver single. Mm. And obviously, yeah, we are recording soon, so that'll be up there in the next couple of months. Yeah, I'll definitely put the uh, put the description in the uh, in the podcast and stuff. And yeah, I really, I think also one of the tracks on there. Um, I'll just quickly get it up before I go because I'm really professional. Um, there was one track on there specifically. Um, I thought all, I think the album is really good, and I'd really recommend people because the genres. It's kind of like new metalish, isn't it? It's kind of, it's got the rap element to it. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard to explain it to people. I like to say it's it's like Limp Biscuit, but if you were to throw in everything modern into it, yeah, because it's got the melodic side to it. It's also got a couple of breakdowns into it, and it's it's heavy enough, but it's not it's accessible. Breakdown, beatdown, heavy. Yeah. It's heavy as in it's punchy. Just, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, it's very good. Is it, I imagine it'd be, it'd be great live. So I do keep meaning to come see you. But I think it was, I think it's Purify, which the last track on the album I think was my favorite, or it might have been Equinox. Um, but I realised that you've got a song, uh, My Own Icarus, with Chris, um, Christina Rotondo. Yeah, she I believe is in the. I've got a double placeholder EP. Yeah, so for anyone you should listen to the placeholder EP, The Grey, and listen to the song Relief with uh, Christina Rotondo on it. And also listen to the Scars of Protest album Celestial, which got her on it as well. It's a nice little way to like, wrap it up. Well, um, yeah, thank you very much for coming on the podcast, Ryan. I have to make sure to get a picture of your tattoos. I'm going to remember. I'm yeah, going to remember. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you very much for coming on. It's been a great chat, and maybe I'll have you on in the next few years or so when you've got more musical endeavours and whatnot. Yeah, or more shit stories. <laughs> Definitely, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no problem. And that's the end of part two. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, guys. Um, you know, as me and Ryan were talking about in this podcast, the band that he's in, Scars of Protest, um, anyone who's into sort of the more heavier genre of music, or even like, I think we mentioned it briefly in the podcast, but Limp Biscuit-y, um, I think there's a band called Seven Dust that are kind of rappy and heavy as well. Um, but, uh, you know, I, th- I think Scars of Protest are more consistent than Limp Biscuit. I mean, Limp Biscuit do have some absolutely cracking tunes, but they also have a lot of albums that have a lot of songs in there that no one really listens to. Um, I say no one. If you listen to Limp Biscuit, I'm very sorry. I'm not really. But, um, yeah, check out Scars of Protest. Uh, their latest release is Celestial, um, and I think they're recording in the studio over the coming weeks. So be sure to follow them on social media. Um, I think I've put a link to their uh, sort of details in the podcast. I believe I did in last week's one. If I didn't, then I'm a terrible human being, but I think I did. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, next week I'm going to be releasing uh, a podcast I did with my friend Molly. Um, now, in the podcast with Erin that was released a couple of weeks ago, we did briefly speak about Molly, and she said, in Erin said in the podcast that she's going to look forward to that one because it's going to be a great one. Well, Erin was correct. Um, I think the one that I've done with Molly uh, might be my new favourite. I'm really sorry, Wayne, because Wayne's, I think, was my favourite before that. But funnily enough, the one with Molly, we talk about Wayne. So, and the podcast, more specifically, the podcast that... Um, that me and Wayne did, uh, the paleontology one, which is absolutely fantastic, uh, and also Wayne talking about, sort of talking about the book he made, but uh, book he made, book he wrote, um, but also going into sort of the depths of the human condition and good versus evil and really doing what you're passionate about and that sort of thing. So I, I really recommend people go check out the episodes with um, with Wayne, either if you're into paleontology, which is, you know, fossils, dinosaurs, that sort of thing in layman's terms, um, and also the other one, which is just really inspirational and it's just a really in it's a cool look into humans, really. That's the kind of best way of, of putting it, which is apt from a paleontologist, <laughs> kind of funnily. But, um, 
yeah, so be sure to check those ones uh, out. And next week, yep, the one with Molly, um, we talk about a wide variety of subjects. Um, it's it's going to be hard for me to kind of summarise it in this. I just listened back to some of it, and we talk about so much. And Molly is such an incredibly intriguing individual, um, and obviously the majority of people listening to this will never have met Molly. And quite frankly, I feel sorry for you. She is a <laughs> fantastic person. I feel really bad for not keeping in contact with her over the last, like, eight years because um, we were friends in school and then much like a fair amount of the guests on here that I've known in the past life just kind of gets in the way and you don't really have time to um you know you don't have time to speak to every single person that you knew in school and college and all those sorts of other things because life just gets far too busy for that sort of thing but you know Molly's doing a lot of crazy cool stuff with herself and it's one of those podcasts where I just think almost everyone would enjoy it um so yeah big up to my own podcast release next week (laughs) um yeah, I don't think there's much else to say, really, guys. Um, as I always say, you know, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Um, review us on iTunes. Send me any messages, either via email or on any of the social media things for any criticisms or if you really like the show or anything along those lines. Um, I think that's about it, really. So <laughs> thanks, as always, for tuning in, guys, and I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>